Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. You're locked in. Look at what we have here, folks. To the only show that matters. The cream of the crop. Duke loves wrestling. And there is no one that does it better than your host. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. The Duke. And I'm all out of bubblegum. Welcome back to Duke Loves Wrestling, the show about pro wrestling and everything else. I am the man of the hour, the man with the power, too sweet to be sour. Listen, Jack, I'm still recovering. I'm still recovering from the 4th of July celebrations from last weekend. Oh, my goodness. Such a good time. You know, a lot of folks sent me uh, messages. First of all, shout out to Rudy Boy Gonzalez, last week's guest, the trainer of champions, great guy, who's so candid, so honest, so open about everything. I got a lot of attention. Some folks didn't like it so much. Most folks loved it, so... As always, you know, Rudy's a, a great dude, got a lot to say, a lot to listen to. But f- folks really responded to my 4th of July barbecue don'ts, especially the potato salad stuff. So that encourages me. I, I, I love to hear that because I'll tell you, you bring your nasty po- potato salad to the barbecue. You just, you have no business there. I'm revoking your membership. Don't come back. That's right. That's right. I I did get a lot of uh, feedback about run the ropes, top stories, whatever you want to call it. Uh, you know, we didn't really have much of that last week, which was okay. You know, I got a little I got a little something for you this week with with that. Don't worry. But before we get to any of that, I, I got to give a shout out. I got to give a shout out to my friends over at High Brew Coffee. Okay, let me tell you something. If you're like me, you have some crazy hours, crazy work hours. You know, sometimes I'm up at two in the morning getting my day started. And because of that, once I start hitting around the nine, 10 a.m. mark, I need a little pick me up. And I found it with high brew coffee. I mean, first of all, they have an excellent line of delicious coffees, you know, everything from dark chocolate mocha, which I just had a little while ago, to creamy cappuccino, which, you know, that, that's packed with some proteins, pretty cool. And, you know, they, they have everything, everything, French vanilla. They even have a, a, an energy line where they, they have triple shots of espresso inside of their drink. Just really good stuff there. So, again, if you're looking for a great coffee, you can head over to your local grocery store, what have you, pick up some high brew coffee. And in fact, check them out. You know, they're, they're on Twitter. They're on Instagram. I believe you can even go to highbrewcoffee.com, see the product. You know, maybe they'll ship some out there if you want to just buy in bulk. But seriously, you know, delicious stuff gets the job done, gives me a pick me up when I need it. And I'm pretty sure I can do it for you too. So check out high brew coffee. With that said, you know, I, 
there's something really interesting that that happened in the news and, and before I really dig into the wrestling stuff because you know we we just came off of a big UFC pay-per-view and what have you but before any of that I, I got to talk about this thing that happened in, in, in a bagel shop a bagel shop of all places in, in, in fact I, I need to talk to somebody about this hold on one second so like I said folks I I, I got to talk to somebody about this because this is legitimately the craziest thing I've seen in a long time. And who better to discuss it with than the Black Burt Sugar, the combat sports expert, my man, Reed. What's going on, Reed? Brother Duke, what's what's the word, my man? What you got today? What's on the menu? Uh, this, this guy who was at that, uh, that bagel shop, uh, he, he seems to be a little upset with the women making fun of him for being five feet tall. Well, I mean, he is five feet tall, right? I mean, he, he looks pretty tough <laughs> short in the video. Let's, I, I, I want, let, let's examine the facts, okay? He he appeared to be pretty short. Uh, there seemed to be a woman's voice filming him. She was taller than him. Uh, everybody that he attempted to fake fight or be tough guy with, like he was looking up at, like my 15-year-old would look up at me. And then, and at one point he was like, uh, head to stomach level with some guy. <laughs> like, what was that? What was that, dude? And oh, then, of course, you get you get jumped, and now, oh, oh my God, a guy three times as big as no, bro, you 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 way extra. And why why was he even? I mean, did someone laugh at him in the line? What what exactly triggered this? I, man, I, for the life of me, I can't understand it. I mean, and and the and the thing is, he was complaining about what women say to him on dating sites. So not women in the in the shop. He's right. No, I, I, I peep that and it's like, uh, that that's kind of a, so I'm 48. Let's just put it out there. Never really been a big dating site guy. To me, it kind of, and I, I get that millions of people do it, but there's kind of a almost give up or let's say desperation level to resorting to that. Like you can't meet somebody organically. Uh, you, you don't go to the grocery store or you don't work with people or occasionally go out or something like what's what's the deal why are you not able to meet people i can see the the pros and cons but the way he said it it just sounded desperate and he's mad because he's the short guy who probably lies and says he's five seven and he's really like five one and he shows up on the date and the chicks are disappointed that, that's kind of how he seemed to be uh venting from that type of angle and and the brunt of his frustrations were geared toward any woman in the shop. Yes, yes. That that's short man shit. <laughs> so I'm gonna be fake tough with this chick because you know, even if it comes down to it, hey, I'm a guy. She's a, that's a female. But then you bow up to bigger dude. It was. Uh, I mean, I'm sure people know him. He was. Shown enough to where people recognize him and have probably put his name out there. Very, very embarrassing day. I hope, I hope that man doesn't have children because they will no. feel the brunt from this video. That's your dad. That's your dad. That's that your, is dad. your dad acting like a fool. But who's who? Think of some some fighters that that you've known about through the years, whether they're boxers, MMA, what have you. Can you think of any that had short man complex to that degree where they legitimately are trying to take on the world and, and, and 
and they end up getting their butt kicked like that? Kicks? No. Like, short guys are going to be a little more combative from MMA. Uh, Frankie Edgar. Oh, yeah. He won some, he lost some, but Frankie Edgar was a tough-ass dude. Sure. Like, you knew, okay, don't don't go fuck with Frankie Edgar because you don't, unless, if you don't really want to fight somebody, and I'm talking like on a street level, not even in the octagon. If you if you're not really prepared to go outside with this guy and fight till it's over, don't talk shit to him just because he's five five or whatever Edgar was. Mm. Another guy of that ilk from boxing was Aaron the Hawk Pryor. His one of his quotes was, "Hey, I was always I didn't weigh enough to play football, and I was too short for basketball, so boxing was perfect for me." Pryor was like five six, five five, one hundred and forty pounds at his best, and you're talking windmill punching. He he fought, he truly fought like someone stole something from him. He truly fought that way. But, to your point, these guys get it out of their system to where they're not in fucking, uh, where was this guy, in a convenience store or a subway shop or something? Bagel, a bagel shop. Bagel a shop, bagel okay, shop. yeah. These dudes, they're not, they're not in bagel shops charging people up and talking aggressively to women who just they might be like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm uh, okay, I'm, I'm five two, bitch. Okay, well, you should see how big my dick is. They play some shit like that, you know. Just sure. Come sure. back cleverly. Sure. Come back cleverly. Don't be the angry. No one likes the angry little man. Well, and, and and let me tell you something. He was real angry until somebody just finally just knocked his ass over and told him to cut it out. I mean, the dude didn't even hit him. He just he just tackled him and told. Him. And here, here's the, and I hate to keep cursing so bad, but here's the bitch part of it, dude. So you went from the antagonist to now, oh, you're the victim. Oh my god, he was three times bigger than me. <laughs> well, that's why you don't fuck with people three times as big as you, dude. That's why you don't do that. Don't don't poke the bear. Don't yeah. poke the bear, and then complain because the bear fucked you up after you poked it. That's exactly what he did. It was pathetic. It was pathetic. Everybody was minding their business until this fool decided to set it off. I mean, come on. And they on. were all laughing at him. Like, he was yes. the, the butt of the joke. Yes, without a doubt. Without a doubt. Speaking of which, uh, uh, we just had the UFC. They put on their event this past weekend there over the, the holiday. 239, weekend. I believe, yeah. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And then it was a uh, co-main event. You had... Amanda Nunez and Holly Holm. Let's start there, actually, because as far as I'm concerned, that was the fight. That was the fight to see right there. Right. Uh, right. Holly Holm, you know, but first of all, both Nunez and Holm have beaten Ronda Rousey, considered you know, one of the greatest MMA fighters of all time. And this was a fight that everybody expected. Nunez would have some kind of competition here because Holly Holm, you know, she has some dangerous kickboxing skill and what have you. What the heck happened? Uh, what happened, Duke? First of all, this was, <clears throat> for all intents and purposes, this fight solidified Amanda Nunez as the greatest women's mixed martial artist ever. Holly Holm was the only historic, epic name missing from her resume. And she took her out. I, I attribute the win to what I call competitive arrogance. That's when a, a fighter, and it could be, you know, in whatever discipline, you're so confident that you can beat that guy or that girl that you'll, you'll beat them using their own shit. You'll beat them using their own thing. And to my knowledge, Holly Holm has gotten 
six or seven win, most notably over Ronda, with a kick to the head, to the mandible jaw head area. She took Ronda out with that. Probably the biggest upset uh, upset to this day in UFC history still. And what did Amanda Nunez take Holly Holm out with? A kick to the head. See, it was competitive arrogance. I'm so good. I'm Amanda Nunez. You're not. And because of that, I'm going to beat you using your own shit, Holly Holm. And she did just that. It was well, how we say in the South, that was that was a gangster. That was a gangster performance. Gangster. Period. Well, and and she said it before the fight that she was going to beat Holly Holm the way Holly Holm beats other people. And like you said, she sure did. I mean, I didn't even hear that interview. Like I didn't, yeah. But the whole the way she fought, like Amanda Nunez is a black belt in uh, Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, if I'm not mistaken. She's yeah. not even trying to take these women down. I understand her not trying to take Cyborg down because Cyborg is also a black belt in that discipline. But Ronda, no, she was just stand. Okay, I'm going to stand with you and beat your ass. And Holly, boxing background, like seven-time world champion or whatever, yeah, she beat her standing up. Knocked her out in one round. Wow. Wow. What is it about Nunez that makes people underestimate what she can do. Because here's here's my take on that real quick, Reed. She's not as flashy as, as most of the other women. You know, she she doesn't call herself the beautiful model or and she's not out there like, you know, pacing like a lunatic like Holly Holm does. Uh, she's not cyborg with all these crazy tattoos and all this other stuff. Yet, so so it's almost like people underestimate what she can do in the ring until they get hit that first time by her. And then it's like, everything shuts down. People don't realize, first of all, and not to, I hate to even go here. Yes. She's a lesbian, but she's not quite as manly as say a cyborg. So the manly chick in a fighting discipline, she's going to draw interest. Well, Amanda isn't quite that. Obviously she's not Holly Holm or Misha Tate or Ronda Rousey either on the other end. So just with that, there's not going to be quite as much interest. She's still still picking up English. Every fight, her English gets better and better. I love her endearing spirit. She's she's very easy to root for. Like, you can see the joy in her face. She switches from just manic animal, like killer, during the fight to, like, crying and shit. I love seeing that dichotomy with uh, Amanda Nunez, and I'm, I'm a huge fan of her. In fact, uh, her and Megan Rapino, like, good God, who who do I pick? Who Who's at the top of my lesbian list now? Like, help, help me out, dude. Help me out. <laughs> well, Rapino is taking on Trump and made him look like a, a bigger fool than he yes. already is. But you might, yes. you might get the nod on, on that one. But I feel like I'm cheating on Amanda now, and that's, and that's yeah. not cool. You know, I'm a, I, I try to be a monogamous dude, but, you know, you got you got some competition, Amanda. Yeah, got some competition, yeah, well, homegirl. I I I I do have to uh, admit, when it comes to Megan Rapino and, and, and shout out to the to the uh, hated hated the, hated the sidebar like that, but you know, just no, no, that's that's a beautiful <laughs> thing there. And shout out to the women's uh, U.S. Uh, national soccer team. You know, the the World Cup Absolutely. champion. And you know, Rapino is with my second favorite basketball player, Zubers. Zubers. 
Okay. Sue Bird, I mean, other than Bill Russell, Sue Bird is it for me in basketball. I'm telling you right now, um, ever since UConn, I have been a, a huge fan of Sue Bird. I love her spirit. I love the way first that ballot, she, First ballot uh, basketball Hall of Famer, whenever she retires. First ballot, easily. And going to be an unbelievable coach, too, because yeah. she has a lot to offer. So I, I, yeah. I tip my hat to Rapino for, for landing a Sue Bird, because Sue Bird is, is just awesome. I, she's I so good, really she's playing in an era of basketball that's not even hers. Like, yes. she was, a, you know, she she was 10, you know, 10, 12 years deep into this shit, even more than that, probably. Easy, easy, easy. These, these kids that she's playing with, I mean, they were, they were some of them probably weren't even born when she first started. Right, grew up so, watching her, all that type of stuff. Yeah, man. When you When you look at it from that perspective, I mean, so and she has what? Sue Bird has three WNBA championships. So I mean, come on, and a national championship, national championships with UConn. I mean, <laughs> she's something else, man. But to to go back to Nunes, I'm going to tell you something, Reed. I, I was very frustrated with Joe Rogan during the uh, post fight interview. He said something that really pissed me off. He, he said to Nunes. You got a real problem on your hands because you've beaten everybody in two weight classes. And it frustrated me, Reed, and, and you're a guy who has done boxing promoting. So, you you know, I, I really want to get your perspective on this. You're the first person I thought of when, when Rogan said that. Is it the fighter's business? Is it the fighter's fault? Is it their problem? that the promoter has done such a, a piss-poor job of finding competition for them? Is it the promoter? Is it the fighters or the promoter's fault? That's what you're asking? That's my question. That's that's my question. Because, uh, because Rogan is putting it on the fighter. He's telling the fighter that's her problem, as if she was supposed to get her ass kicked or something like that in order to create a, a, a false sense that somebody who already in the company can hang with her. Here's my answer, and I know both sports very well, boxing and MMA. And I say this as more of a boxing guy, but MMA fighters have less control over who they fight, chiefly because the UFC is the preeminent organization to uh, uh, participate in mixed martial arts. Anybody else, it's like going from McDonald's to a mom and pop joint, not even McDonald's to Burger King. McDonald's to Whataburger. It's like a way, it, it's a precipitous fall, whatever. So in UFC, it's not Nunez's fault at all. She's fighting everybody that Dana White is lining up for her, period. I don't even think he has a division yet for women higher than where Nunez and Home just fought, which I believe is 145. I don't think there's a division for women higher than that at this particular point. So, I don't get where Rogan's coming from. And you can't expect Nunez to drop lower and, you know, fucking fight 115-pound women and shit. She's like a 135-pounder. Like, that's, that's who she is. I can I can tell you this about Amanda Nunez. If there was a big name at a higher women's weight, she'd fight her no fucking problem. That's who Amanda Nunez is. Rogan, you know, we know we know he uh, he likes the wacky tobacco, so maybe he was – you know, he was he was puff puff passing a little bit before that interview. But that particular point doesn't make sense. Now in boxing, 
Yeah, a lot of times the fighters have more control in boxing because there are so many different promoters, different title belt organizations. So the fighter has a lot more, uh, a lot, lot more options. I'm gonna fight for this promoter and for that belt. So that way, you know, I ain't gotta fight this guy and that guy and that guy. You don't have that in the UFC. You just, you just don't. You just don't. Well, and, and, and I'll, I'll add on to what you just said there. Go a step further. If Dana White is not talking to these these freestyle wrestlers in the Olympics, these boxers, these um, I don't know these judo players, if, if he's not actively recruiting more yes. women to compete in the UFC, then he he's not doing his job. And I understand that he never even wanted women women's fighting in UFC to begin with, which is really the reason why Nunez doesn't have any real competition. It's not because they don't exist in the world. I mean, you can look at the American uh, uh, team there, the wrestlers. There's a lot of there's a lot of kick-ass women on that team who could probably make the transition. They probably could do well enough to get And UFC or WWE, that's the only outlet beyond that for collegiate wrestlers. Absolutely. You know, so it, it, it tells me he's probably not. I mean, I don't know for a fact, but based on what you're saying, it tells me maybe he's not doing his due diligence. I don't know. No, nah, nah, I don't think he wants to promote women's fighting, which is an embarrassment. Um, but for Rogan to say that she has a problem, she doesn't have a problem. She doesn't have a problem. The promotion has a problem. Right. And, and, and they're being what we always knew they would be, which is just in their own damn way. And that's why they don't have legitimate stars right now because they don't know how to build stars. That's the problem. They know how to build them. I would disagree slightly. They know how to build them. They don't know how to protect them while matching them tough. There's an art to it. You can't go number one contender fight after fight after fight. You just can't. Not not to sustain your guy. You got you got to give them gimmies, especially to keep those pay-per-views high. Like, if I'm, if I'm Dana White, John Jones' next fight is against a guy he's going to knock out spectacularly, like with some of that leg kick shit that John Jones does or spinning elbows. You want you got to keep his name high, Duke, because his last two fights have been meh. They've been kind of meh. And with that, the pay-per-view sales, I don't think, have been there. UFC hadn't had a big-selling pay-per-view in quite some time, in quite some time. I think Cormier... Steep A1 might have been their last big seller, if I'm not mistaken. Well, and you went there, so you might as well. The, the other alleged main event of the night was uh, John Jones versus Tiago Santos. Uh, now, Santos, you know, he during the fight on a, on a leg kick, he delivering the leg kick, he, he, he tore his ACL and his MCL, and he had all kinds of... He, he was basically fighting on one leg. Yet, the fight went to a uh, decision, and it was yes. a split decision. Dana White right. said any ref, I mean, any any uh, judge who did not score John Jones as winning all rounds and winning that fight doesn't deserve to be a judge anymore. What, what's your take on that? Because you saw the fight. What did you think about that? I was, I was somewhat surprised it was a split decision. I had Jones winning. But, like, the, the the way Dana worded that, he's saying it like, oh, it was a robbery that he wasn't the unanimous decision winner. 
here's the thing. People, judges are human. Judges, if you're fighting in Vegas all the fucking time and this judge lives in Vegas all the fucking time, they're probably going to do a lot of your fights. And they grow accustomed to seeing you fight in a particular way. So if and when you're not living up to that standard that they really shouldn't be adhering to because you're supposed to judge each fight like you don't know the guy and each round like you never saw them fight the previous round. But that's simply impossible to do. So maybe this judge, I wasn't mad at the split decision because maybe this judge was like me, like, yeah, I mean, yes, John Jones, yeah, he won the fight. But it wasn't no, wow, John Jones, like, you know. Like, I went to Hooters and shit, you know, spent like $50 on drinks and, I was like, man, I could have really, you know, had I known in advance it's going to be a boring five-round decision, I wouldn't have went. But because of John Jones, I made the investment, you know, not that I regret it, but like I told you earlier, it's not something I'm going to rewatch. I'm not going to revisit and cherish this day when John Jones fought Tiago Santos. Like, no, that's not going to happen. Is, is, is John Jones' performance an example of what happens when you're not hitting the, whatever it was you've been hitting all this time to dominate when, when the performance-enhancing drugs are not available to you? It could be, Duke. It, you know, I, I certainly can't sit here and rule it out, but because I, uh, <laughs> I like, I like John Jones a little bit more than you do. <laughs> I'm gonna, I, I'm, I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna be real with you. I'm not gonna say, oh, for sure, this is why his performances have been met. But obviously, it's in my head, like, bro, is it, is it really because you ain't juicing no more? Like, you told me these were accidents, but yet you, you knock Cormier out with a head kick and you, and you piss dirty. And now your last couple of fights, have, you know, aside from uh, Gustafson, but I think he still had trace elements of something after that one. But since then, yeah, he's been, you know, I won't say average because he's won both fights, clearly. But, I mean, yeah, man, it's the, – the talk that that's the reason is only growing louder. Let's put it that way. I'm going to be diplomatic on this one. You should appreciate that. <laughs> well, I'll just say, you know, John Jones, if you're listening, you, you know how I feel about you, man. I, I think you, you are – He does. Yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think that you every, – every, your entire record should be stripped from you, especially the Cormier fights because – Quite frankly, you're a dirty player, and you have no business in the sport. Period. No business. Let me ask you this. So, I think Cormier. I don't know if he's really spoken out one way or the other about fighting Jones again. I think Jones is trying to be the good guy now. Hey, Daniel Cormier, he's an upstanding guy. He's the world champ, uh, heavyweight champ. I have no interest in fighting him. Let him do his thing. Do you want to see Jones Cormier three, brother Duke? I'm going to be honest with you. Well, first of all, let me say this. Cormier has put out a statement saying that he's not completely against it. Okay, okay. I missed that. Okay, okay. And I, and I think that has to do with the fact that Brock Lesnar and UFC can't figure what it out. What that means is, yeah, I'll fight his ass. That's his diplomatic. Oh, yeah, okay, I'm not against it. That means, yeah, yeah. fuck it, I'll fight him. Well, because That's I, what he told I, I, his publicist. Yeah, I'll fight him. That's probably the last money fight that he can get if Brock Lesnar right. is not. And UFC doesn't want to pay Brock Lesnar equal footing with, with Cormier. They're just not going to do it. Um, not now. Yeah, they ain't, right. They ain't got the Cormier and Rousey fight popping off no more, bringing in money. So, yeah. 
No, no, and I and I think McGregor that and shit and all that, right? Yeah. Lesnar, Lesnar's not going to budge. You you're either going to give him his money or or he's going to stay with WWE because they're giving him his money. Right, he's getting paid anyway. So I'm getting paid yeah. anyway, dude. Right, like ten million a year or something like that. So he, he's he's not hurting. But I'm going to tell you right now, I personally don't want to see Cormier and Jones again for this reason. I don't think there's anything to gain for Cormier, and there's everything to lose. That's something to gain. Beating Jones, especially with the, uh, the, the, the parameters we just talked about, you know, him looking more average. Which leads to speculation. Yep, yep. See, I told you he was on. He was on that shit. So now that he's not on it. He's looking human. If Cormier were to beat him, that would kind of expunge to me the first two losses from the record. But to your point, if he loses that one, while we're still thinking Jones is not on this stuff, then it's like, yeah, you just couldn't beat him, dude. So I don't even know, man to man. You know, I, I don't know what I would do. I wouldn't blame Cormier either way. I would say I would go into a third fight, probably rooting for Cormier for the first time. For the first oh, time, but like, you know what? You deserve this win, dude. You deserve I, this win. I, I don't. I'm gonna be honest with you, Reed. I, I don't think, from an emotional standpoint, and from a psychological standpoint, John uh, uh, Cormier can handle. Right. Losing John Jones again under any circumstance, right. I, I think I think that will break him in a manner that we may never get him back. Which is I hate to, to phrase it that way, but I'm, I'm legitimately concerned that it will drive him to a place that you never want to see anybody driven to. He was broken in, in the uh, second fight, the head kick knockout, but John uh, failing the piss test, you know. That, that kind of bandaged it. So, no, you're absolutely right, brother. If he lost to him a third time, well, we're pretty much all sure he's not taking nothing, then yeah. Oh, and even if we're sure he's taking something, I don't know if it's going to matter. I mean, when Ronda Rousey lost to Holly Holm and then she lost to Nunes, I mean, she talked about the fact she didn't want to live anymore. Right. I'm concerned. We, we've never heard Cormier say that out loud, but I'm concerned that the he's got a wife and kids. He can't. He can't. He's thinking it, but he can't say that. He got a wife well, and yeah. kids. And then for the sake of his wife and kids, for the sake of him right. personally too, I just I'm concerned that something like this will just completely will break him beyond repair. It's not worth it. To me, it's not worth. It. I don't. I don't even need to see Cormier fight again. Period. At this point, just retire. You got nothing to prove. It's okay. You got you right. Even this rematch with Stipe is dangerous. Like, okay, you I, beat Stipe once in a fight. We were kind of like, I don't know, Cormier. Do you? I mean, are you, are you that? Are you, yeah, you got him in the first round, but are you that sure? Like, Stipe can wrestle too. Now that that fight, if he lost to Stipe. It wouldn't, you know, in no way would it damage him. Like, okay, no. yeah, I beat him. He beat me. Whatever. Exactly. But uh, exactly. that Jones one would be devastating. Nah, because they, I mean, they legitimately hate each other. And that, that is what it is. There's, there's legitimate hatred there. And to lose to, to Jones, again. Again. I don't know. I don't know. I can't. Does this, what do you do with that? Right. And, and, and 
Cormier is an emotional guy. Yeah. That's okay. I mean, that's one of the things I like about him is that he, he's, he's a human person. He feels, and I just, man, I don't know. I don't, I, I can't see him coming back from that. I really can't. And he, he, he detests not just Jones, but everything Jones represents. Like, they're just, Bingo. they're polar opposites as people. Bingo. Bingo. Well, I think when you, when you are honorable and you've always done it the right way, you've taken your lumps, good or bad, but you've done it the right way. No excuses, no dirty piss tests, right? I know what you're saying. But, and even going back to the Olympics where, you know, he didn't make it, he wasn't in a position where he could have won a gold medal because, you know, he had setbacks, things that, you know, heartbreaking things that he had to overcome. But it's like, when you look at a guy who, has clearly cut some corners and he's considered the best. He's making the most money and all this other garbage. That there's just there's genuine hatred there because it's like that should be me. Right. I didn't sacrifice. I didn't do the things that he did. I did it the right way, and yet he gets all the glory. How does that work? Especially, and here's where I'm gonna draw the line. Especially, so there's there's levels of being competitive, but when you're competitive enough. To step in a boxing ring or an octagon and fight that other dude, it doesn't get any more competitive than that. We can, you know, I, yeah, I'll go to the rec right now and play against anybody one on one in basketball or badminton or some some volleyball, you know, some non contact <laughs> shit. But you're competitive as hell. When okay, yeah, yo, today, right now in the ring, yeah, let's do this. That's why I've always respected the mentality of fighters. And yeah, most of them, they they be. There's, there's not many happy endings in, unless you're Floyd and he's probably going to fuck up somewhere too. You lose your money, you become broken, or you get knocked out of the sport in terms of you getting beat up by people and then, you know, you're, you're broken by that. So I don't, I don't want that fate for Cormier at all. He, he deserves no. better for sure. No, he's a good dude. And then, you know, it's funny. He was at the ESPYs last night and he, yeah, he got a fighter of the year, right? By ESPYs. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, well deserved, DC. Well deserved, brother. Well deserved. And he saw Triple H and, and he said it's too bad he couldn't make the, uh, the Brock Lesnar fight happen in UFC. Maybe he needs to chase Brock in the WWE. And Triple H said it's not too late. Okay. Okay. So I had been reporting for a while that when the WWE starts SmackDown on, on Fox, not not Fox Sports, but actual Fox, the, the regular TV station. That's happening in October. Uh, Cormier is, is, is one person that is expected to, to join the commentary team, and that's what Fox wants. Well, he's great at MMA commentary. He's a successful collegiate wrestler, so yeah, he would, plus he can talk a little shit. Daniel Cormier would be a natural he would be like Jerry the King Lawler was. I occasionally oh, yeah. wrestle. Yeah, Cormier could do that. Sure. Oh, that's, a very, Cormier, that's a very smart move. And Cormier's a fan. So he knows the history and all that stuff. Right, he respects. He res- he's not, oh, I'm too good for this. Kind of like Ronda. Okay, yeah, you fucking you, you bitches need me. No, Cormier, he's always sounded thrilled and excited just about the opportunity. Yeah, And I, I appreciate that myself. Yeah, I really do. So I, I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised if we if we see him. I, I expect to see Cormier in the WWE by October, uh, involved in the mix on commentary. I don't know if we actually will go, 
catch him in the ring. Anything is possible in that regard. But at least on commentary, I, I, I expect that. To but even com- even comment, uh, commentating, you know, at some point they can write it in where the wrestler walks out the ring and throws some water on him or something, and then that people hold DC back, and then they have to have a match instead of a score. So it'll he'll have some matches, maybe not fifteen or twenty. But he'll have his handful of matches for sure. I can see that. He's not signing just to commentate. No way. 100%. No way. Which, which again, that could signal the end of his UFC career, which is fine. I mean, WWE, right. they're not short on money right now. That's that's for damn sure. <laughs> and just like just like we talked about Nunez and the women's division at her weight or higher being dead, there's nothing else at UFC heavyweight if. if if Cormier beats Stipe again, there's literally nothing else there. No. Nothing else there. Not at all. Not at all. Switching speeds here, Reed, real quick. The the movie Hobbs and Shaw, which is a, a, a spinoff of the Fast and Furious franchise, uh, The Rock and Jason Statham, they're, they're, they're starring in that movie there. Idris Elba is going to be in it as well. Um, the singer slash uh, former uh, uh, model Tyrese. He's Tyrese. been all over the place. Yeah, you know that fool. He's been all over the place. Um, really upset with The Rock that he agreed to do a spinoff from the Fast and Furious franchise because, as far as he's concerned, they're all one big family, and The Rock was the outsider who came in, and he shouldn't have broken up the family by doing his own version of the project. What, what do you make of something like that? And, and I know this isn't necessarily a combat sports question, but what, what do you make of that? I mean, here you have one of the highest paid actors in, in, in Hollywood, in The Rock. What obligation does he have to not continue to chase his coins in order to make Tyrese feel better? First, let me say, as a darker-skinned, bald brother, Tyrese has always been high on my list. He, he's represented us well, very well. <laughs> uh, but in this case, it's, he's kind of been kind of mental for the last little bit, right? Correct me if I'm wrong. Oh, yeah, breakdown. Like, I remember he did a video. He's crying like Will and Jada was going to wire him some money, and then they didn't. And he's just he's been kind of out there for a minute now. Like, he, not, he might not be on that, way. that John Jones stuff. I don't know. Right, and and I don't recall the last time, not that I have any of his albums. I remember some songs he made because he got the ladies in the mood, so I used him in that way, but I don't think he's released any material lately as well. Mm. To your point, The Rock owes him nothing. For one thing, if this were The Rock's idea, he needs to take this to the people who brought the idea to The Rock. The Rock ain't like, hey, man, maybe you, me and you, Mr. Statham, 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 maybe we can... uh. Let, let, let's start our own spinoff and I'll go to these producers and blah, blah, blah. So they're playing the same characters that they were in the Fast and Furious? Correct. Is that the case? Correct. Okay, see, personally, I was like, okay, I see why you're putting them together. I thought they were trying to do like an updated Tango and Cash type of thing. That's kind of how I took it. I've seen some of the Fast and Furious, but not all of them. So I didn't know they were portraying the characters from that movie. But they were the hard asses in the movie, right? Yeah, man, they were the cops. So, yes. okay, we want to see that movie. And again, 
Mr. Tyrese Gibson. Someone brought that to The Rock and Jason Statham. Your issue is with them. Your issue shouldn't be with The Rock. He doesn't owe you anything. What, what does he? What does he owe you? What, the, is Tyrese? Let's, there's levels of celebrity. He's not A. Is, is Tyrese C or D level? Like you tell me, dude. Is he a C or D level celebrity? Ah, uh, he, he's got to be. A or D lower. Player. Or lower. Yeah, yeah. He's not. No one's going out of their way to offer Tyrese any any starring roles in any franchise. I mean, if they were, he wouldn't have time to be worrying about what The Rock is doing. Right. So back out of uh, back out of Fast and Furious Nine, if you're even in the on the in the in the cast, back out of that <laughs> if you got to prove a point. <laughs> Otherwise, shut up, dude. Shut up. Go to the people. You probably know the people who offered the shit to me. Why are you mad at me? He did it for publicity. Because if he attacked the producers and the filmmakers, no one would care because no one's heard of those people because they stay anonymous for a reason. But he gets more meat. He gets more more uh, hits out of his message by attacking The Rock, and especially on that black-on-black level. Cause you know the rock ain't gonna do shit. He ain't gonna talk shit to Statham, cause he'll beat your ass. You know he, he got he got true legitimate skills. It was it was it wasn't quite as weak as the short dude in the uh, bagel shop. But yeah, this 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 ain't been a this ain't been a good moment, man. This ain't been a good uh, podcast we're doing. No, no, you know what's funny too. Um, that movie's gonna be the number one movie, obviously, because. I think The Rock is, is on a, a streak where, at least for the past four years, it looks like everything he puts out hits number one. It's the so, reason they're doing Fast and Furious 9. 9. Yeah. Yeah. 9. Yeah. Not 4 or 6 or 7. 9. I ain't seen that shit since Friday the 13th Jason movies. Yep. Like, you really yep. made this many of them? Really? And this dude's complaining about something that's going to bring more eyes to nine. Yes. And more people will watch the films you were in, and I'm hoping you're getting royalties from that or whatever they call it in the film industry. Like, yeah, bro, it's going to help you too. But now, now you're playing, and didn't him and, uh, not Ving Reigns, what's the other one? Vin Diesel. Yeah, didn't The Rock and Vin Diesel have issues? Yeah, but they, I guess they squashed that real quick because here's the point. Vin Diesel has like a executive producer credit on everything. I mean, he's he's one of the creators of Fast and Furious. Right, he was like the, sure. main, the main guy. Him and uh, him and the white guy, right? The died. Paul Walker, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. So, so even with this Hobbs and Shaw, I'm pretty sure Vin Diesel's gonna get a piece of that piece of that action anyway. So Vin ain't yeah. tripping. He's like, all right, all right, bro. Vin, make sure my you know, check don't bounce. People want to talk trash about Vin Diesel. He he, legitimately is. I think he's the face of that franchise. To me, when I first when when you say to me Fast and Furious, literally the first face that comes to my mind is Vin is Vin Diesel. I ain't even lying. I'm I'm being one hundred with you. And as far as Money in the Bank, he's doing well than most of your favorite actors because of that franchise. So say what you want, (laughs) Vin Diesel is paid. And I hate to say this for Tyrese's (laughs) sake, but I think a ludicrous. First, before I think of your ass, it's a damn Fast and Furious, bro. Ludicrous. Paul yeah. Walker. Who was it? Michelle Rodriguez? Yeah, see? I mean, it's been so, yeah, man. Come on, bro. Come on. Who even remembers that Tyrese is in that movie? Oh, right. He was, He was. I won't say a, uh, an extra. He wasn't quite an extra, but he wasn't that dude. He wasn't we're, that we're, dude. 
We're going to see Tyrese in a celebrity boxing event one of these days because that that's pretty much the only thing you're going to be able to do if he gets himself bounced out of this. I'll, I'll just put you it just on. we can do that another uh, another session because I got a, a list a laundry list of celebrity fights I want to see. And I'm going to give you Tyrese a teaser. It, it, this it, wouldn't it. happen, but the greatest fight ever, and I'm not bullshit, the greatest fight ever would have been Gary Coleman against Emmanuel Lewis. Oh, yeah. Arnold oh, yeah. from Different Strokes versus Webster, three rounds, or in a fucking Texas death match. Like that, I would have, <laughs> oh, my Lord. Duke. Duke. <laughs> Duke. Crazy. crazy. Oh, I would have. crazy. People. That would have sold five million pay per views. Oh, at least, at, at least. least. Listen, Reed. If if folks want to get reach out to you, man, if they want to check you out, what's the best way they can see you? Uh, check me out, man. Read BBS Blackbird Sugar. Tell a BC own. Just uh, do a search for that on YouTube. You'll find me. Hit me up, man. You know, it's the same vibe. I'm a little little looser, a little freer now. Just you know, doing doing my thing, man. I'm genuine though. And I and I love combat sports. Absolutely. Simple and plain. Absolutely. And and listen, if you want to know what's going on, gotta check out my man Reed. He he always has the inside scoop, the best analysis. I have to check in with Reed right before every right before and after every major uh, boxing or MMA event because I know Reed knows what's going on. So. And I appreciate that, dude. I really do, brother. Appreciate you, brother. We'll we'll be checking in with you again soon. All right. All right, man. Peace. Anytime I can get my man Sean Reed to come on and talk about everything from crazy people in bagel shops to, to MMA to, you know, you name it. It's always a good time. So shout out to Reed. Reed BBS. I'll go to YouTube and just search R-E-E-D BBS, Black Bird Sugar. Great podcast, great content out there. You know, Reed is a is a combat sports journalist, you know, especially in boxing. And he's been in the game for a long time. So I guess always good to catch up with him and just shoot the breeze. It's never an interview, it's always a conversation, you know. Anyway, I I, I got some thoughts on some wrestling news, and I'm I'm just gonna jump right into this. Enzo Amore. He goes by Enzo, N Z O now. He was at a Blink-182 concert, and, you know, the AEW guy, Joey Janela, you know, he's a deathmatch guy, he's a weirdo, crazy, lunatic person. He's the one that, uh, the man formerly known as Dean Ambrose, took his shoes off during a match and picked Janela up and dropped him feet first into thumbtacks. So I just let you know, you know, what Joey Janela's all about. Who, who, who even does that? Anyway. He and Enzo get into a big argument. Some people will call it a fight. It's not a fight. It's just a you know argument after a Blink One Eighty Two concert. What are you doing? Just just what are you doing? It could be a work, but it doesn't really seem like it. Seems like these guys, you know, legitimately don't like each other. But what are you doing? What the hell is going on with Enzo? Can somebody get this guy some help? Because everything that he does is for attention, and I get that. And, you know, there's something to be said about that type of marketing of yourself. But 
the guy just seems like he's spiraling out of control. It, it, it doesn't seem like it's he's not doing anything that's benefiting or helping his cause. He's actually hurting himself, it looks like. That concerns me. Enzo is a, is a, is a talented guy. He was accused of, of sexual assault and, you know, that went away. Who knows what really happened there, but, you know, you're innocent until proven guilty, so I'm just going to leave it at that. But it just seems like ever since WWE cut bait on him, uh, he really has just fallen from grace completely. And this latest episode with Joey Janela, it's like, come on. I mean, Joey Janela is a nobody. Literally, he's a nobody. You don't even have to acknowledge him. Why are you getting into public shouting matches with this guy? Come on. Enzo, stop. Don't let this fool bring you down to his level. And Joey Janela is a fool. Let's not, let's not get that twisted. He's a fool. And Enzo, you're a fool too because you're, you're, you're playing into that crap. You're letting somebody else use you to make a name for themselves. It's embarrassing. Stop it. Somebody help this guy. Goodness. Disappointing. It's troubling. So I hope he gets it together because, you know, Enzo just, I don't know. I don't know. Speaking of of AEW and, and, and crazy things, you know, WWE on the WWE Network this Saturday, 8 p.m., they're going to be showing a, a Evolve anniversary show. So I'm pretty sure you guys know about Evolve. That's a, the independent promotion that's part of the World Wrestling Network. Ironically, WWE invests in the World Wrestling Network. Um, but it's, it's I liken it to if if NXT is AAA, the 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 equivalent of AAA baseball, because you know the main roster is the major league. So if NXT is AAA, then Evolve is AA. So WWE is going to be promoting the Evolve show by putting it on the network. And this is a day before the Extreme Rules pay-per-view, which is happening on Sunday, live on the WWE Network. But Evolve 131, that's July 13th. It's happening in Philadelphia. And it's again, it's an anniversary show. It's going to be something big. It's going to be something big. They even have a couple of the NXT guys who are going to be on the you know the the card, so that'll be something to see. But what's really petty and really interesting about this is that the WWE decided they were going to put this on. They were going to show this this event. On the network, same date and same time as AEW's next event, which is called Fight for the Fallen. Now, is that a coincidence? Probably not. Clearly, the WWE is being petty. And they figure, hey, if you're already paying 10 bucks for the WWE network, we might as well give you something to watch instead of this AEW stuff. It's, it's pretty petty. I got to tell you, it's, it's petty. And I'm not against it. I think it's funny. 
I like having choices and, 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 you know, the, the, the notion that I may have to set my computer to one thing and set my tablet to another, watch them at the same time, go back and forth. You know, when I was younger, I used to have to flip channels back and forth during the Monday night wars at times. Right. I think WWF and, 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 and NWA at one point, they had a pay-per-view on at the same time. Clash of Champions and, and was on during one of the uh, WWF pay-per-views, if I'm not mistaken. Clash of Champions is free. I think it was WrestleMania five. I, I like it. I like I like the pettiness. I like to put something on. Even though the WWE is putting on literally their double A product. It's a double A product. It's not even like NXT. It's it's just it's some indie event. That's going to go head-to-head with AEW's pay-per-view. It's funny. It's funny. So, that, that lets you know what they think of AEW. You're important enough that we want to divert attention away from you, but you're not so important that we need to put our best product out there. We're just going to find you know one of our indies that we invest in, and we'll put them out there. It's funny. I like it. Petty. So we'll see what happens with that. I, I hope all these events are successful. And, you know, Sunday Extreme Rules, that's going to be fun. Main event is um, Baron Corbin and, and Lacey Evans. They're going up against Seth Rollins and Becky Lynch. And if if Corbin and Lacey somehow find a way to win that match, then they automatically get Becky and Seth's championships. So that's fun. I like that. That's fun. <laughs> you know what else is fun? Uh, the next Jim Ross book is going to be coming out. And you can pre-order it, which is pretty cool. Oh, Jim Ross, he had that Slobberknocker uh, book that came out. It was, it was a best-selling book, and he has a follow-up for it. So, Can't wait to read that. That'll be interesting. I like Jim Ross. I, I've always been a fan of Jim Ross. I always thought he, he's a interesting guy who is worth paying attention to I don't always agree with Jim Ross but you know I like him so I'll be getting that book absolutely speaking of interesting people and and, you know we talked about her Becky Lynch I go to the mailbox and I received my latest ESPN the magazine and on the cover and this is this is a, a, a first time here, folks. On the cover is none other than the star of Glow, Miss Allison Bree, and right next to her, Becky Lynch. They're calling it the uh, the the blockbuster issue, and it's WWE champ Becky Lynch and Glow star Allison Bree go one on one to talk power moves, rebellious streaks. Freak Flags and Sunset Flips. Pretty cool. Allison Glock shouts. Allison Glock, she wrote it. Good stuff. I subscribed to ESPN the magazine, so I was very happy to see a WWE superstar on the cover. And that's the first time in history. And you know, it, it really got me to thinking. It got me to thinking. 
how the heck can can anyone compete with WWE when they're literally on the cover of ESPN the magazine? And this happens during the same week that the ESPYs, the ESPN Awards, the ESPYs, which is a celebration of all the top athletes in, in you know the world of sport. They have like the greatest moment of the WWE year. They had, WWE had their own award on the ESPYs, which Roman Reigns won. It's pretty cool. Shout out to Roman. You know he made his comeback defeating cancer. WWE gets that kind of coverage from ESPN, the worldwide leader in sports content. And they're about to start a new show on Fox. You know, SmackDown's going to be on Fox, regular Fox. On your TV dial, you don't need cable or satellite for it, it's regular Fox. That's happening in October. And, and, and Fox Sports 1, you know, the sporting channel, they cover WWE content. The Wall Street Journal, everybody's covering WWE. The Washington Post, everybody's talking about WWE. How the hell can anyone compete with that? The WWE is getting more mainstream coverage right now in 2019 than pro wrestling ever has in the United States in history. Strictly because there's more media out there and there's more different types of media. So they're getting more coverage than ever. If you take every other wrestling promotion in the world, American media media doesn't cover them half as much as WWE. There's not half as much content out there on them as there is WWE. It's just a fact. So when, when, when people say AEW is going to compete, I just, I want to know how. And some of you, you know, you're getting clever and say, well, they're going to be an alternative. And that's nice. It's a nice thing to say. Fine. But in what way? Are, are we saying like, I don't know. Jeez. Uh, are we talking about an alternative as in Heinz Ketchup is the number one ketchup company and, and you're saying, you know, great value brand ketchup? Like, what are we talking about here? Or are we talking alternative as in instead of using ketchup, you can use barbecue sauce? What do you mean by alternative? I need to understand this. Because I can tell you right now, AEW is not going to be on the cover of ESPN the magazine. It's not going to happen. Unless they really mess something up. I mean, hey, who knows? Maybe... Maybe Shad Khan, the owner of AEW, who also owns the Jacksonville Jaguars, maybe if somebody sues him for CTE issues, then they'll make the cover that time. That, that would make sense, but I don't think they're going to make the cover celebrating them. Some of you accuse me of, of, of being negative on AEW, and I'm not. They're a startup. I'm just telling the truth. My issue is with how you characterize them. My issue is not necessarily with AEW in that regard, although I will say that, you know, the unprotected headshots, I'm not going to stop talking about that. I have a problem with that. It's a fact. 
But I, I, I do wonder when you when you see WWE getting this type of mainstream coverage, who possibly can compete with them in the pro wrestling world anywhere? Because this ain't going away. The coverage is going to increase. That's the funny part. It's going to increase. So, I don't know. I don't know. I think they're an unstoppable force. I think the WWE is just, man, and their best days are not behind them either. I think they're going to continue to only get better, which is scary to think of. Because who's going to be the next star? I look at what they're doing right now on Raw. You know, Paul Heyman has officially taken over Raw. And, you know, he's writing it and everything's happening. And, you know, you have the Street Profits. I look at some of the things that they're doing without having to take a bump. They're not wrestling. They're hosting Raw, basically. And showing character development. And it's awesome to see because it's making the the consumer, the fans, care about the, this team. Before you even see them wrestle on the main stage. At some point, those guys could be great singles wrestlers or they can remain. They might be one of the greatest tag teams of all time. But they can stay healthy. But the fact that they are hosting Raw and, and they're engaging and interesting and Hilarious. WWE is set up to be successful for a long time. I don't know, man. Burger King and Wendy's, those are competitors to McDonald's. Taco Bell is a is a alternative. But does Taco Bell or Wendy's or Burger King, do they do as well as McDonald's? Are they really competing in any way, even as an alternative? Eh, of course not. You can go to McDonald's and you can order a, a, a salad, but nothing is going to beat the burgers. They're selling more burgers than anything else. I don't know. Think about that. Think about that this weekend when you're watching these pay-per-view events. Let's see what AEW does on Saturday in compare in comparison to Evolve. And then on Sunday, let's see what WWE does. And whether you want to call it a, a, a alternative or a competitor, let's rank them as such. Let's see. At some point, you have to admit they're just a startup, and you have to give them room to operate as such, which means that they're going to, you can't put them on the same level as WWE. You can't have the same expectations. You can't, none of that. Shouldn't even be mentioned in the same sentence. I don't mention the kid in T ball in the same sentence as. CC Sabathia. Like, that's just not going to happen. That's what we're really talking about here. Anyway, I want to thank my man Reed. 
BBS, the Blackbird Sugar. Thanks, Reed, for joining us this week. Thank you for listening. You can head over to Facebook, Twitter, type in Duke Loves Wrestling. Let me know what you think. Send your questions. I'm also at Duke Loves Wrestling, you know, Gmail, of course. Join us next week. It'll be more hilarious content, possibly. I'm sure it'll be something that you're going to agree with me on and something that you're going to really disagree with me on. But no matter what, you know I'm coming. That's right, Jack. Take care of yourselves. Be kind to yourselves and be kind to others. Take it away, Tony Schiavone. This is Tony Schiavone, and we're desperately out of time on Duke Love Wrestling. 